Welcome to Inside the Castle, the podcast that goes behind castle doors to have real conversations with real people about solving the nation's toughest challenges. I'm your host today, Aaron Schlein from the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers, Sacramento District. Today's episode of Inside the Castle is part of a series focused on career development within the Army Corps of Engineers. The goal for this series is simple share proven skills and strategies to help our USACE teammates move their careers and the nation forward. Back in January on Inside the Castle, you heard from a guest that sounded a lot like me. In fact, it was me. I hadn't planned to interview myself. What I wanted to do was interview the next person selected for a 120-day detail with the Institute for Water Resources through the New Horizons program. But when the next person selected for the New Horizons detail turned out to be me, I wasn't left with much choice but to interview myself. If you happen to miss that episode, there's a link in the episode description on your podcast player for you to go back and take a listen. That interview gave me an opportunity to share my New Horizons project proposal and to lay out a vision for what I hope to accomplish with the IWR team. Today, we're going to close the loop on that conversation. The 120 days is almost up, and I'm back to bring you up to speed about what's been accomplished and how you can benefit from the work we've done. You ready? Here we go. Well, I'm somewhat excited to welcome Aaron Schlein back to Inside the Castle. Aaron, when you and I last spoke, you were getting ready to start a 120-day detail with the Institute for Water Resources through the New Horizons program. Quickly, remind us what that was all about. Well, the last time we spoke, Aaron, you hung up on me. That aside, last November, I submitted a project proposal to Michael Deegan, the program manager of IWR's New Horizons program. My proposal was to develop a peer-to-peer learning platform where anyone in the Corps of Engineers can go to learn and to teach. We call it the Internal Career Acceleration Network, or ICANN. All right. Well, thanks for not rambling on and on about the history of the project. I've already told people that they can go back and take a listen to that first interview if they want that whole backstory. Oh, well, that's moving on. Why don't you go ahead and walk us through the project as it unfolded over the last 120 days? Well, I started by looking at existing learning programs in the Corps of Engineers and trying to identify what those programs lacked. I came up with a decent-sized list, but I narrowed it down to three that I wanted to focus on during my detail. The first thing that existing programs generally lack is an equal opportunity to learn. The bottom line is that employee development needs are often not being met. People wait, sometimes years, for the programs that they need to be offered. And when those programs are offered, there's no guarantee that these folks are going to get in. Now, in previous times, before the prevalence of remote work and the technology that goes along with it, this could kind of be tolerated because there weren't a lot of options when it came to content delivery. But moving forward, I believe it's going to be increasingly difficult to justify this artificial scarcity model where key developmental programs aren't available to those who need them, and just as importantly, when they need them. The second thing that existing programs tend to lack is an equal opportunity to teach. Now, it's my assertion that 
every division in the Corps of Engineers, every district, every branch, every section, and every individual has knowledge and expertise that others don't. And we currently don't have a robust program that focuses on working with these organizations and these individuals to capture their knowledge and turn it into meaningful, easily shareable content. And finally, Existing programs lack dynamism. That's a fun word, dynamism. So much of the content that exists is not dynamic. It's static, and we need the ability to revise, to modify, and to add content as needed in response to changing conditions and changing needs. So, with these three shortcomings in mind, I set out to develop sustainable processes for five things. Number one, a sustainable process for identifying gaps in knowledge and expertise. Number two, helping people turn knowledge and expertise into content. Number three, curating and repurposing existing content. Number four, incorporating user feedback. And number five, marketing and promoting products that we create. What exactly do you mean by marketing? Well, I'm glad you asked. Real quick, I want to share a simple differentiation between sales and marketing that I think is going to help paint the picture for you. Now, I didn't invent this saying myself, but I also don't remember where I heard it. So I can't give credit as much as I would like to, but this has stuck with me for many, many years. And I want to share it because I think that marketing as defined here is a crucial part of our process of serving our teammates here across the Corps of Engineers. So contrasting sales and marketing. Sales is finding people for your products. Sales is finding people for your products. Marketing, on the other hand, is finding products for your people. Products for your people. That's what it's all about in my view. It's all about marketing. It's about finding, developing, and creating content that meets the needs and the expectations of our USACE teammates. You seem to be betting pretty heavily on this on-demand learning concept. Do you really think that's what the people want? It's not about promoting on-demand learning as a cure-all. What it is about is thoughtfully considering the goals of organized learning and distinguishing those goals that are best accomplished with real-time teaching and live discussion from those goals that are best accomplished with well-crafted, peer-reviewed, on-demand content that's available to anyone who needs it. I'm not here to rail against real-time learning and human interaction, not at all. What I'm doing is advocating for on-demand content in situations where it's appropriate and it's effective. I do have some things to say, though, about the way things are currently being done, and I hope you're ready for a bit of a rant. If you're out there listening, go in your mind for a second and think back. Have you ever been in a class or a lecture where for one reason or another, the instructor just wasn't on their game? And no matter how much you tried, you just couldn't tune in to what they were talking about. Or maybe you've been in a class where the last lecture right before lunch ran 45 minutes long because the instructor never actually rehearsed their presentation. So you just had to sit there hungry probably had to go to the bathroom, all because the instructor didn't realize they had two and a half hours of material prepared for a 45-minute lesson. It's happened to me. And let's not forget death by PowerPoint, where the whole lesson is just one wall of text after another filled with bullets and sub-bullets 
and sub-bullets for the sub-bullets. Black on white text with single digit font size and the instructor spends practically the entire time with their back to you while they read their slides. Don't fly me out to a training just so you can read to me. I think we all deserve a little bit more than that. Now I know this all may sound harsh, but a huge part of why I wanted to take on this project is because I empathize with the challenges of developing a course. Having been both a student and an instructor, I know how easy it is, even for the most well-intentioned course developers, to end up with courses that have trouble staying on track. Let's say that you're organizing a course. You don't have much time. You don't have much money. You do your best to piece together an agenda, or more likely, you dust off last year's agenda and you change the dates. Then you start calling around to see who's available to teach, And if someone's on the fence about teaching, you might try to entice them by giving them the previous instructor's slides and promising them that all they got to do is show up and read the slides and maybe answer a few questions. You'll ask your instructors to send you their presentations in advance. A few of them will, but most of them won't, at least not by the deadline that you give them. Then you're left wondering about whether your instructors are taking this seriously. Are they even going to show up? Because they could get called into some big meeting and bail on you at the last minute. It happens. I've seen it. And because you haven't had a chance to review many of the presentations, you don't have a clue if they're any good or even how long they are. I once saw a slide deck with over 100 slides for a 45-minute lesson. Well, it was supposed to have been a 45-minute lesson that ended up going nearly two hours, all without a single question from the audience, mind you. So that's the end of my rant. And the reason I say all that isn't simply to bash the status quo. It's to highlight the fact that when you take the time to develop quality on-demand content, all those problems that I just laid out, those problems disappear. Because when you're developing on-demand content, your team can work with experts to thoughtfully craft out your lesson scripts where every word is chosen for a reason and put in its proper place. Scripts can be peer-reviewed for content and for clarity. Your team can put together graphics that complement and reinforce the lessons, as opposed to those wall-of-text slides that are the lessons. You can work with a visual information specialist to record high-quality video, and your instructors can do as many takes as they need to get their delivery just right. And thanks to the power of editing a 15-minute lesson, is actually 15 minutes. No tangents, no riffing, no bad jokes, just the good stuff. So bringing this all back to the New Horizons detail, we've accomplished a lot over the past four months, but what I'm most proud of is the pilot course that we created from the ground up, from writing the scripts, to developing the graphics, recording and editing the videos, conducting quality control, and finally delivering the course and collecting user feedback. We call the course Cost-Benefit Updates 101. It covers the process of updating benefit-to-cost ratios, or BCRs, for core projects in support of the budget development process. Not the sexiest of topics, perhaps, but BCR updates are incredibly important to budget development and, as our research told us, there was very little content out there to help folks navigate the ins and the outs of BCR updates. After identifying that knowledge gap, we were able to get to work on developing the BCR Updates course, which I'm proud to announce is now live on Mill University for anyone to take at their leisure and at no cost. All right, then. 
What can we expect from this course of yours? Well, there are six brief video lessons, and I do mean brief. Each lesson is only a few minutes long, and each video covers a specific element of conducting a BCR update. We start at the beginning, which I'm told is a very good place to start. We kick things off by explaining exactly what a benefit-cost ratio is and how they're calculated. And from there, we progress through to why core projects need BCR updates, to when updates get done, and we cover the four BCR update levels and how to choose the appropriate level for your project. And we talk about the team that you'll need around you to do a BCR update, the roles and the responsibilities and the expectations of that team. And in addition to those videos, we also have a downloadable tool that was created specifically as a companion for this course. And also each lesson has definitions of key terms and links to additional resources that students can explore. Sounds like this Mill University is a pretty cool platform. It is, but as cool as it is, I don't want to put too much emphasis on the platform itself. It's the process that we laid out step by step for identifying a need and then developing a quality product to meet that need. That's what I'm most proud of. And it's that process of identifying gaps, researching existing content, and working with experts to create new content, and to do it quickly, and being able to adapt as conditions change. That's what I think is going to make the biggest impact moving forward. The process is the product. That's been sort of my catchphrase throughout the detail. The process is the product, because technology changes, platforms change, but in my view, a great process Never goes out of style. Well, you sound like you're pretty proud of yourself. Well, yeah, but this was a team effort, a total team effort. None of this would have been possible without Michael Deegan from IWR, who's the New Horizons program manager, Hunter Merritt, who served as my advisor on this project, Aaron Rooks, my temporary supervisor at IWR, and Kim Carcel, my permanent supervisor at Sacramento District, who allowed me to do this detail, even though it meant me being essentially on another planet for 50% of the time for four months which, putting it that way, may not have been that big of a change because anyone who knows me could tell you that I tend to spend quite a bit of time on other planets, at least metaphorically. But I've learned to be grateful for my outer space brain. It gets me in trouble sometimes, but it's also led me to some pretty cool opportunities. All righty. We should probably think about signing off pretty soon before you start talking any weirder. And you were going along good there for a while until you got to that outer space brain bit. Hey, you invited me on your show, man. I know, and now it's time for you to go. And if anyone out there actually wants to check out this course of yours, where can they go? Well, conveniently enough, for our friends out there listening, there is a link in the episode description of your podcast player so you can access the course. But to access Mill University, you're going to need to log in from a core computer using a common access card, your CAC. So if you're listening on a personal device, head over to your work computer and enter that URL into your browser. Hey, can you hear that? What? The sound of people everywhere stampeding to their work computers. I hope your shiny new course doesn't break the internet. You know, I don't know why I always stick up for you. I come on your show. I try to give your listeners a little entertainment. I don't know why I do it. Last time I came on, you hung up on me. That's going to do it for this episode of Inside the Castle. I want to thank our guest. Um, what was his name again? 
Uh, I can't find it. Well, thanks a lot to what's his name. And uh, I guess you can check out that mill university thing if you want. I'm sure it's good for a laugh or two. Thanks for tuning in to inside the castle to provide your feedback or to let us know what you want to hear about next email us at cw.infrastructure.team at usace.army.mil. For Inside the Castle, this is Aaron Schlein signing off. Until next time, be safe, be innovative, and be revolutionary. Revolutionary.